Hi, this is Laura. And this is Nikki with the Stardust Society, inspiring you to stop getting in your own way and start building an art biz and life that you love. We are artists who believe strongly in the power of community, accountability, following your intuition, taking small, actionable steps, and breaking down the barriers of fear and procrastination that keep you stuck. Follow along with us on our creative business journey as we encourage you on yours. What are we here to talk about today? Today, we are talking about one of my uh, favorite topics of being an artist, and that is procrastination. Ooh, procrastination is not one of my favorite things. (laughs) It should be, though, because I live with it every day. (laughs) As do I, as do I. So procrastination is just one of those things that it's it. There are so many ways that we procrastinate. I actually think I'm a fairly productive procrastinator. I can tell you that I've spring cleaned my entire house before just to avoid doing something. I also am a very productive procrastinator. Every time I need to do marketing of a product I've already made or a piece of art that I've completed, instead of marketing it, I go make another drawing. And that's how (laughs) I have a stack of drawings two feet high. You must have a really, really impressive portfolio. Well, I would have an impressive portfolio if I wasn't procrastinating actually taking them off my iPad and putting them into a portfolio. (laughs) (laughs) Why do we procrastinate so much? What are we afraid of? What's keeping us from getting all the things done? I think there's so many reasons and, and they're probably unique to each person. But I know for myself, there are certain things that really stop me from even getting started. And that's what we're really here to talk about is, you know, starting and getting forward movement. And as things pop up, rather than being completely blocked, moving through those things. And so for me, one of those issues is perfectionism. I grew up consistently striving to achieve and have all of my ducks in a row, my I's dotted, my T's crossed with everything that I did. and. So as I have grown older, it's really tough sometimes to get started with something if it's outside of my comfort zone. And so then I'll just revert back to things that are in my comfort zone. (laughs) That's also where we bring in one of our favorite terms, (laughs) procrasta-learning. Because if you're afraid to get started on something, you can always find another book, another course, another blog post, another podcast to listen to that's going to teach you exactly what you need to know. And that way you get to feel like you're being productive because you're learning that thing, but you're not actually getting started. I would know nothing about that though, right? Because I only own maybe 100 classes that I haven't finished. (laughs) And how many different things have we read and looked at and listened to about podcasting before getting this started? Oh boy. Well, and, you know, some of that is also, I think, another thing that contributes to procrastination is overwhelm, because there are all these choices, right? Let's just break it down. For example, you know, I've wanted to teach online classes for a very long time. Mm -hmm. And so the idea of moving to online classes and what does it take to get there and what platform do you use and, you know, what camera do you use to videotape it? And then how do you get a camera that's on your surface? And and how do you, there are a million different decisions that you have to make. And I get very overwhelmed in decision making. I don't know about you. 
Oh, absolutely. That term analysis paralysis is real. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I I do that with, so I have this idea that I can get rid of all this procrastination and be very efficient and get all my work done beautifully, on time, early, perfectly, if I just had the right task manager slash project management tool. So how many of those have I tried out? I'm guessing a few. I don't know, 50, 100? <laughs> <laughs> You're still searching for the elusive one. I am one still searching for the elusive one. And just when I have one set up beautifully that I think it's going to work for me and end that procrastination, a new shiny one comes up and I'm like, well, that sounds better. Yeah. You know, the shiny object syndrome is totally another form of procrastination. So for me, I know that I can be started on a project or be very excited about a project and then see something even on social media, somebody's doing this one thing that looks super cool. And well, now I need to go to Amazon and, or Dick Blick and go purchase this item so that I can create something cool with it too. And then a day later, there's a brand new shiny object uh-huh. that I have to have. And so all of that keeps us sort of from the focus of finishing that one thing or even getting started with that one thing that we were so excited about to begin with. So I know those are all part of it. So two questions we should address. First, why do we do this? And second, how do we move past it? So first, why are we doing this? We, we know better, right? I mean, we know that there's always going to be an endless supply of books, classes, software. We know we need to just get started. So what are we afraid of? Are we afraid of failure? Are we afraid of success? I think it can be a combination of both of them. I mean, if you really think about it, like everybody knows how to lose weight, for example, right? Mm -hmm. Less calories, exercise more. Uh We know this. How many of us actually do it consistently? (laughs) I think it's... That's different because there's chocolate in the world. True. Very true. So I think sometimes there are these things that we know we have to do, but we kind of block ourselves. And so, yes, fear of failure, absolutely. Do we want to invest all of our time and energy and bear our souls and be vulnerable to people in the world, not knowing, is it going to be crickets? Is Mm -hmm. it going to be, you know, nobody is going to be interested? Are we going to have some troll tell us that our, you know, work is worthless? Um, I think our heads go to this sort of worst case scenario sometimes where we look at what it could be if we did put this thing out in the world. Yeah. And yeah. And I kind of have this thing, this voice in the back of my head that says, well, if you don't start, you can't fail, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's true. But, you know, I, I also have the opposite thing that pops up. And I think that that's you know, okay, what if what if I commit to a, to a, a certain thing I put out in the world, a project or a um you know, a platform or a class or an offering. And what if it is successful, but it, you know, am I going to be tied to having to do that one thing forever and ever and ever and ever and ever, because that's what people expect and want of me kind of getting this fear of being stuck in one thing. Yeah. Which may just be masking fear of failure. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Although that goes with what one thing that I always say is don't get known for something that isn't what you want to do, that you don't want to be doing. That is true. 
Yeah, but that doesn't mean don't do it. But Nikki, what if you want to do all the things? I know we both want to do all the things. We want to do all the things. That makes it very difficult. And, you know, I feel like half the things I'm saying are cliches, but you can do anything, but you can't do everything. Right. (laughs) At least not all at once. Not all at once. I I struggle with it. I I do believe we can be multi-passionate individuals. I honestly think you don't have to niche down to just one thing. Right. I think that if you are interested in, you know, in my case, I'm interested in digital art. I work a lot in Procreate on my iPad. I've really been into that lately, but I also love surface pattern design with patterns. I also love creating in watercolor. I love other traditional mediums like acrylic and oil, and I'm a huge fan of Copic markers. Now, I'm not going to be an expert at all of those things, but I also don't think I have to say I am now only going to be a watercolor person and be known for nothing else but that. Right, right. But we have to figure out a way to fit the different things, maybe narrow them down to a few manageable things at a time, not saying you'll never do it again, but say for now... Like, for instance, for me, drawing is my first and and longest love. I will always draw. Um, I draw on paper with with pen and ink, and I draw digitally on my iPad and Procreate. But I also love encaustic and mixed media work with encaustic and uh, branding and web design. Um, That pays my bills, so that one's not getting pushed to the side. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, But... I've kind of decided, you know, I I need to focus on maybe two main things right now. And so the encaustic is kind of on the back shelf. It's not going away, but I'm focusing on my web design business and creating surface design, more or less. Um, Mm -hmm. And we still have to figure out how to fit all the things in because I say that's only two things, but it's not. It's a million things within each one. And that, even though I've narrowed it down to two focuses, I can still get stuck in overwhelm because with the web design, I am the designer, I'm the developer, I'm the project manager, I'm the the CFO, the CTO, the marketing person, you know. You're wearing all the hats. Yeah, we're wearing all the hats. So that can be really, really easy to fall into overwhelm with. But you just have to break it down and start, you know. I get... I think we get stuck in the, oh my God, there's so many things to do. I don't know what to do. I can't do any of them. And we need to tell ourselves to just start. Like Bonnie Christine says, who is our surface design mentor, Mm -hmm. do one thing every day and you'll, you'll make progress on, on your goals. Yes. And as Emily Jeffords also says, progress is quiet and slow. So we don't have to think that we're going to wake up tomorrow and everything's, you know, we're going to attack everything all at once. When it comes to procrastination, I think sometimes the challenge I have is that the vision in my head isn't what comes out (laughs) when I'm creating art or music or whatever it is that I'm working on. Because I have, you know, you have a taste level that doesn't quite match the output yet. And so I wanted to read this quote from Ira Glass because I think it's I think it's a fantastic one. And Ira Glass is the writer and producer of This American Life on NPR. Nobody tells this to people who are beginners. And I wish someone told me 
All of us who do creative work, we get into it because we have good taste. But there's this gap. For the first couple years, you make stuff, and it's just not that good. It's trying to be good, it has potential, but it's not. But your taste, the thing that got you in the game, is still killer. And your taste is why your work disappoints you. A lot of people never get past this phase. They just quit. Most people I know who do interesting and creative work went through years of this. We know our work doesn't have this special thing that we want it to have, and we all go through this. And if you are just starting out or you are still in this phase, you got to know it's normal. And the most important thing you can do is to do a lot of work. Put yourself on a deadline so that every week you will finish one story. It is only by going through a volume of work that you Mm -hmm. will close that gap and your work will be as good as your ambitions. That's amazing. And I love that. It's so, so true. It's like if you, if your hands could make what you're seeing in your head. (laughs) Exactly. And, um, but, and, and he's absolutely right. The only way to get there is to just keep doing the work, you know, when don't give up because your work isn't, doesn't come out how you imagined it would. You just keep working at it. You do a little bit every day. Um, which reminds me of a book that I love by James Clear, who has, he's, he's an amazing author. He's got one of the best email newsletters I've ever seen, but he wrote a book called Atomic Habits. Mm-hmm. And um, the subtitle is Tiny Changes, Remarkable Results. One of his main ideas is not striving for specific goals, but creating habits. So I want to create this great big body of work. It's not going to just appear out of nowhere, but if I do a little bit every day, 15 minutes here, 15 minutes there, it's going to add up. And once you form one habit, it's really easy to stack another habit on top of it. I love that. I, you know, I read that book as well. And I think that was one of the things I loved was when he talked about habit stacking and how you have one thing that you do and then you stack another habit, you know, on top of that. And so that you do those two things together, Mm -hmm. but you don't try to do all of the habits at once. Start with one. Start with one really simple habit. And if you're trying to start a regular daily drawing practice, don't go say, I'm going to go in my studio and complete a finished, beautiful drawing every single day. Say, I'm going to go in my studio and I'm going to draw for 10 minutes. And make it easy for yourself. Leave your pencils and your paper out or your iPad charged. (laughs) You know, if you're if you're feeling that resistance about getting back in there, just say, I'm just going to pick up that pencil and make a few marks. And you do that every day and then you get bored with the marks and you start making flowers and patterns and (laughs) it's breaking it down into simple, non-intimidating steps. And there's another author I love named Sark. And she does these hand-drawn books that are absolutely amazing. The entire book is written in her handwriting in different colors because how awesome is that? They're beautiful. And she talks a lot about micro-movements, about breaking down big things into simple micro-movements so small that there's no way not to do them. I'll write tomorrow. I'm going to set down a pencil and paper, you know, on my desk. That's my micro-movement for today. And 
you know, getting forward movement, because once you get the momentum started, it's Mm -hmm. so much easier to keep going. Another tool that I have found really helpful is a visual timer. Have you ever seen one of those, Nikki? Um, You're talking about like an app, right? Or you're talking about something physical? Well, they have them both. You can get them, like you can buy a physical one, I think on Amazon. But basically, it's a visual clock that is like a egg timer Mm -hmm. almost, but it has like a pie on it. And so I have a digital app called Time Timer that basically is that. And you can set it for, let's say, 15 minutes. So tomorrow... It's called Time Timer? I know. Isn't that a weird name? (laughs) What else would it be timing besides time? (laughs) I don't know who was in charge of coming up with that name. So... You can change the colors on it, though, which I love, because usually the ones you buy that are physical are bright red. I like having mine magenta. (laughs) And then I can say, you know what, I'm going to set this timer for 15 minutes, and I'm going to draw for 15 minutes. Or for me, I'm also a musician. So I might sit down at the piano for 15 minutes and play. And what I'll notice is if I carve out that 15 minutes, it very quickly can turn into 30 minutes or 45 minutes. And it helps continue that daily form of practice and getting little steps done and accomplished towards a goal. I feel like if I had a timer like that, I would just watch the timer countdown. Like when I'm on a treadmill or an exercise bike, all I do is watch the timer and go, oh my God, I still have 10 minutes. (laughs) That could be the case. I think it's probably unique to the individual of what works. So for those of you that are painters, getting into a looser style can be really useful with this tool. I actually learned this practice from a workshop that I had attended a few years back, Mm -hmm. taking one of those timers and saying, I'm going to give myself 30 minutes to complete an acrylic painting of abstract flowers, right? So if I have 30 minutes to complete the whole thing, I can't be precious with my brushstrokes. Yeah. And so what ended up happening that was so interesting is that everybody's work that they did quickly ended up turning out so much more interesting than the ones that people were laboring over all of the details on. Yeah, that's the same as um, all the figure drawing classes I took in college where you would do like, like 30 second gesture drawings and um, blind contour drawings and all these things just to get you loosened up and into the mode. If perfectionism is the reason you're having trouble getting started and you're putting all that pressure that when you do something, it has to be perfect, then putting a timer like that is a great way to say, okay, I'm just going to make marks and draw or paint or whatever for five minutes, 15 minutes, whatever it is, 30 seconds, then you go in without expecting it to be perfect. And some of it too is getting through like the initial phase, sometimes I can face a blank canvas or a blank sheet of watercolor paper or a blank, you know, iPad screen, whatever it is. <laughs> and I can I can start it, but then you get to that one phase that is just the ugly duckling phase, right? Like you look at it and you go, this is pretty much the worst thing that I've ever made in my entire life. So do you keep going or do you throw it out? Well, I used to throw it out. Like I literally would have days where I would just throw something in the bin. And every once in a while, that still happens. There's still stuff that hits the trash can for sure. But I also know that there is that ugly phase. When you do enough work, you get to that point where you know, okay, this is normal. This is normal for me to hate Mm -hmm. it. And, you know, maybe I step away from it for a little bit and come back. Um, but, But if I just keep going, I end up 
normally really liking it. And it takes, but it, it's like there's this transformational moment when all of a sudden it starts clicking and then you're like, oh, this isn't so horrible anymore. Um, so I think that the perfectionist tendencies, you know, if you can kind of work through that mm-hmm. phase, it, it so helps in, you know, to get passed into the end and have more of an appreciation for the process. And maybe that helps you not want to procrastinate right. as much starting other projects. I wonder, I agree with all of that. I wonder how that approach can be adapted for things that aren't creating art, like the business side of your art business. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're, if you have to write the copy for your website, if you have to design your website, um, if you are putting together a marketing plan and, and all the things you need to do are so overwhelming, how do you just get started with that? Well, I found in that, in that case, you know, I personally just went through building, rebuilding a website from scratch. Congratulations. Thank you. And it was not easy. <laughs> and Nikki, I have such an appreciation for what you do now. Can I just tell you? Yes, you can. <laughs> No, don't stop. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's so it can be so diff- there are so many things. There are so many little things that you have no idea that you have to think about when it comes to website design. So many you things. Know, from, you know, the pages and the e-commerce and the shop and the and getting the payments to function properly and having your pictures the right size and the content and making it visually appealing and so when you start thinking about all of these laundry list of steps that you have to do, it is so overwhelming, which for me, again, causes my procrastination. So for example, I had um, a site ground, I paid for site ground hosting for two and a half years before I actually (laughs) built my website. (laughs) I, I had one out there that was not great, but um, on an old server. But when I moved to Psycho, it took me two and a half years to get the kahunas to actually do this and put it together. And because it's I, overwhelming, it's overwhelming. And the technology, especially for I know for a lot of creatives, technology can be very daunting. And I think you have a rare brain where you can do both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, I know my brain can do technical strategic uh, strategic and financial and analytical things because that was my former career. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to the actual tech of the web design and and all of those things, I get very, very intimidated. So what I found helped me was breaking it down again into those smaller steps. And I think there's some really good tools that help people do that. Just for example, starting this podcast. So we actually did a bunch of research about how to do that because we were overwhelmed. We didn't know where to start. We knew we had to record things and put them up online and edit them and do all these things. But we didn't know all the steps. So we we found a little course that kind of broke it down. And um, project planning, project task management systems, again, um, can be your friends and help you break it down into manageable steps and we definitely did that. We're using a tool called ClickUp right now, which is my current favorite project management tool that may change because <laughs> it usually does. But right now I'm loving ClickUp and um, breaking it down, assigning tasks to it. Well, if you're working with somebody else like we are on this, you know, Laura, you're going to do all the audio editing because that's where your background is. I'm going to do the visual design and 
website because that's what my background is. Um, but if it, even if it's just one person, still break down the tasks, assign, figure out what order you need to do it in. And one of the things I'm trying to do right now that I think really helps is try to give each task an amount of time, an estimate of time, because you can easily say, you know, research podcasting software <laughs> and spend days on it. But if I say, okay, I'm going to spend two hours researching and at the end of that two hours, I'm going to choose one. That is so much easier to actually do it. Yeah, I think it's, it's so funny because as human beings, I think we have this, that tendency to get overwhelmed and the, the analysis paralysis. Mm -hmm. I know I face that not just in art, but in everyday decisions, you know, I mean, you walk into the grocery store and how many choices of, you know, peanut butter do you have? There's so many. You had to pick peanut butter. You know, I don't <laughs> like peanut butter. Okay. Let's change it to chocolate. How many types of chocolate? Oh my gosh. How do you decide? <laughs> You know, it can really be paralyzing, though. There is a book that is called The Paradox of Choice by Barry Schwartz. And he also has a really great TED Talk on the topic that will stick in the show notes. The Paradox of Choice basically says that human beings, when they're, when they're given too many choices, are actually less happy than they are when they're given a smaller amount. Like, we want to have some choice, let's say mm -hmm. three choices, but if you're given 20 choices, it's overwhelming and we don't take action. And it's like scientifically proven that human beings behave this way. I totally believe that. I always thought that, I'll give you an example. On my website, I sell a lot of products with my artwork printed on them. And I always thought, oh, let's just put it on everything, give people so many choices. But I've had so many people say, I really want to buy one of your, I don't know, pillows with your flowers on them. And they're like, but there's so many, there's like three different sizes and 20 different patterns to choose from. I, I couldn't decide. So I didn't choose one. <laughs> <laughs> and that is not what we're going for. No, it's not. It's not. But that works on both ends. That works on us figuring out how to get things done, but it also works on your, your buyer, your consumer who can be paralyzed by the choice and not end up buying anything. Right. Or if you want to teach online classes and you review the hundred different platforms and then never choose one. <laughs> <laughs> because there's so many. And 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 then we're paralyzed because we think if we don't make the right choice right now that we're stuck in it forever, like whatever choice we make. Right. Like there's no right. ability to shift, you know, and just change course. Right. I can't choose one because there, there's a better one out there and it's going to show up <laughs> tomorrow. So, but yeah, it's true. I mean, what you're choosing, you're choosing the best option for you right now based on what you know, the knowledge you have now. And it's better to just choose something that's not perfect and get started than to wait around forever until the perfect situation comes along. You can always change it later. Amen. Another way to beat procrastination is to surround yourself by people that you can be accountable to. And it really needs to be a support group, you know, that understands where you're at and perhaps is sharing along on that journey. 
Much like the accountability group that you and I met in, Laura, we were randomly assigned a group of group of women, all sort of in the same area in their artistic journey in their art business. And we meet once a, once a week, still to this day, even a year after the course we met in. And we just, we're all struggling with the same things in our business. We're all struggling with the overwhelm and the procrastination, but just having somebody who gets exactly what you're going through, someone to bounce ideas off of, someone to each week We'll say what we're planning on working on for the next week. And then when we get together, we report back on how little of it we actually did. <laughs> now, what I will say is if we look back at, at what we've accomplished since, let's say, um, yeah, since last year when we first met, I think each of mm-hmm. us has accomplished mm-hmm. amazing things in our businesses and in just our our own art development or our own business development than we would have had we been left to our own devices, because you're accountable to that person to to make forward steps. And they are giving you fabulous feedback and great ideas and maybe giving you an idea that you would never have thought of on your own on how to handle a, a specific situation. So I think that that's there's such value in having that support group available. And that's kind of a big part of why we started this podcast. This podcast is accountability for the two of us to keep making progress because we're committing to sharing our progress with you. But we'd also love for you guys to join us and be sort of a virtual accountability group with us. Definitely. And if you're interested, we would love to have you join our Stardust Society Facebook group where we can support each other. Okay, so I think to wrap up this episode, we have, you know, three kind of key takeaways, right, Nikki? So the first key takeaway from this, I think, is in order to avoid paralyzing overwhelm, break your bigger projects down into small bite-sized steps so that each one is not scary. Yes. I think that number two would be to have a consistent practice every day, take one small step towards that goal that you have. And if you don't have time in that day, schedule it in your week. If you happen to only have weekends to work on your business, have it be the weekend, but have it be consistent and give yourself that time in your schedule to create habits that develop and push you forward. And the final thing that we'd like you to take away from this week's topic is to find some way to get some accountability in your life, whether it's a group that you form or just another friend that's doing something similar that you can be accountable to, or even joining our Facebook accountability group. Thank you so much for following along on this journey with us as we figure out how to stop getting in our way and just get started on the next step in our business. We would love for you to subscribe to us in iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you like what you've heard so far, share it with a friend. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.